everybody, in-house, online, campuses, wherever you are, so good to have you with us this morning, and uh, you know, as always, our prayer is that you've not come just to do church, but you've come to have an encounter with God, for your life to be impacted, changed, transformed in some way, and I pray that you'll hear the voice of God, and that the Holy Spirit will just minister to you in a powerful and a profound way. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is here? And if He's here, He wants to do something. He's, uh, he wants to move in your life, whether you're online, wherever you are. You know, um, I actually don't mind shopping. How many, how many men here don't mind shopping? It's me, about well, there's a half a dozen of us. Most men don't like shopping. Uh, my wife doesn't like me doing any grocery shopping because I always come home with lots of extras. But I was out recently uh, buying something uh, reasonably expensive. So I said to the salesperson, I said, here's the deal. If I buy this, you have to come to my church for a service. I thought that was fairly safe because there's no way he was going to get mad at me because he wanted that sale. So he said, it's a deal. And so even after I made the purchase, he said, I will be coming to your church. So we've set out a specific time when he's going to actually come. So really exciting, isn't it? Father, we thank you for your presence here with us today. And Holy Spirit, as I share that which you've laid upon my heart, I pray, God, that you will speak as only you can. But Lord, I pray more than that, something will shift in our hearts. Something will move powerfully. And that, Lord, as we leave here today, <clears throat> or finish online, something will have happened in our hearts, Lord, that will change our walk with you as we move forward. We ask in Jesus' precious and wonderful name, and everyone said, amen. Well, I don't know about how many of you keep an eye on the news, but um, I tend to watch the news fairly carefully these days. And um, we really are seeing our world in free fall. It's uh, incredible to see, you know, and I guess because of media, you can just see what's happening all over the world. And um, what's getting to me is that the rate of decline of disasters, the increase of hatred and violence, it's escalating at a, a rapid rate. You know, like it used to sort of escalate like this, but now it's like kind of, it's just going off, off the charts. And then you're following COVID-19 and all the, the, the challenges that are, that's presenting, especially in some nations and even in the poor nations where they can't social, it's, it's, a, it's, it's tragic. And I, I believe, friends, that we are witnessing the catastrophic consequences of a world that's turned its back on God and turned its back on the laws of God. And uh, I sometimes wonder how long can this go on before the patience of God runs out? And eventually it will, friends. God won't let this continue on forever and ever. And I want to remind you again of the, the key issue that we've got to deal with here. And that is that the let me quote it to you so I get it right. It's not my original quote, but this is it. The heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. 
can we just never forget, you've got to deal with the root issue. No point dealing with all the cobwebs. You can have all the strategies and all the plans, but you've got to deal with the heart of the problem. You've got to deal with the human heart. And there's only one thing that can deal and change the human heart, and that is the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing else, friends, nothing else is going to do this job. And so if ever we needed a motivation, if we ever needed a, a stirring in our hearts to make Christ known to our world and those that we come in contact with, we're seeing it in front of our eyes right now. If ever the world needed the church, it needs the church today. The church is the hope of the world. It is the only answer. The world has no answers. The most powerful people in the world and all the military might of the nations has no answer to the current problems that we are facing today. There has only ever been one answer, and his name is Jesus. You and I, we are the answer. And when we look at our world today, it's no surprise that the final command that Jesus leaves us in Mark 16, 15 or 16 is, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. The only hope of the world is the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, God is love. Is that right? The most loving thing you can do for anyone on the planet is to tell them and point them towards Jesus. Because it will, that, that's their greatest need, to save them from eternal damnation. Look, I'm all for social works and all the rest of it. We've got to do that. You know, we need to feed the poor. We need to look after the homeless, and we do that. But the greatest need is the good news of Jesus, is salvation. So they spend an eternity in heaven and not in hell. So this is the Great Commission. These are the final words of Jesus left to you and me. This is the reason for the existence of the church. Friends, to make Christ known. That's why we have breath today. That's why God has captivated our hearts. And sadly, in many places, the Great Commission has become the great omission. Let's not let that be true in our own hearts and in our own lives. And I'll show you today that we can all get involved in this. It's not hard. I'm not asking you to go knock on doors and, you know, turn or burn. I'm not asking you to get in an elevator and turn to everybody and say, you're wondering why I've called this meeting and tell them about Jesus. No, look, I'm not asking for that. There are things we can all do. You just got to use your personality, your gifts, your anointing, you know, the people in your world, and you can do something to point them to Jesus. And when you do, you are going to feel so good about this. There's a quote that I read recently. It, it's, it kind of made me smile. It's not really a smile, but it says, we've strayed from being fishers of men to being keepers of the aquarium. There's nothing wrong with the aquarium. It just needs some new fish. Plenty of old fish in the communion. <laughs> in the aquarium. And you're one of them. We need some fresh fish. Into the com communion. I keep saying communion. Well, look, it's all about communion, isn't it? It's all about the blood and the bread and salvation. It's the communion that brings him into the aquarium. 
<laughs> One of the things that's always grieved my heart is that most church growth is transfer. Now, it's going to happen, and we're not going to stop it. And if you've transferred to here, God bless you. We're happy to have you. Please stay. <laughs> but that's not the mission of the church. There's lost people. There's lost people out there who are going to a Christless eternity. Just do what you can. Do anything you can. Just point them in the right direction. That's all you need to point them in the right direction. Direction towards God. You know, one of the cultures that we want to establish here in Church Unlimited is that we all do what we can to make Christ known. It's just a culture. It's what we do. It's who we are. It's what we want to become more and more and more. And uh, I love the quote of Spurgeon, who said this, it's the whole business of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. Does that touch your heart? Wow. It's the whole business of the whole church to preach the whole gospel to the whole world. And that's what we're about. That's what Church Unlimited is about. That's the mission that God has given. It's what every church is to be about. And it's an exciting thing to get involved in because when you get involved in the heart of God, you begin to feel the heart of God. You begin to experience Him in ways that you would not experience Him otherwise. And, you know, this is, this is the burning heart of God. And he, he gave, He came from heaven to earth and He gave His all. He gave His last drop of blood. What? To reach people who don't know Him. So we're going to join Him on this journey. That's why we're looking at these faith promises today and Basically, we'll fill these in at the end of the service, and it's basically all, all to do with um, uh, what, what we can give towards what we're talking about today, the final command of reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, God so loved the world, as we heard before, that he gave his only son. And so our vision is for the whole world. When I say the whole world, I'm talking about from your home uh, to your street, to your workplace, to the community, to the nation and the nations of the world. I put the Great Commission in these words, from your home to the ends of the earth. Because some people like to think, well, I'm excluded here because I'm not going to go overseas and I'm not going to reach the nation. Yeah, but you've got a home. (laughs) You've got a street, friends. In fact, we're all missionaries. Jesus was the first missionary. We're all missionaries because you're, you're the missionary to your home, aren't you? Well, who else is going to do it? No one else is going to reach my family for Christ. I'm the missionary there. I'm the appointed pastor. Call me what, my, what I like or call you what you like, but that's, that's your job. You're the missionary in your street. No one else is going to pray for your street. No one else is going to reach your street. You're your missionary at your workplace, in your school, wherever you are. You are a missionary. Say to the person next to you, hey, good morning, missionary. Yeah. <laughs> So the size of your vision will be dependent on the size of your vision of God. Here's my question. How big is your God? How big is your God? So a little boy asked his dad, um, how big is God? And so um, there was a plane going up in the sky there, and the, and the, boy said, the father said to the son, he said, uh, how big is that plane? He said, well, it's 
tiny, so I can hardly see it. Then they drove to an airport, and he saw this plane there lined up there, one of those big planes, and he said to the boy, how big is the plane? He said, wow, it's huge. He said, it's massive. And then the father said to the son, these are the words that he used. He says, God's size depends on how close or far you are from him. The closer you get to God, the bigger he becomes. I don't know about you, but my God's pretty big. So I have a vision for the world. So I have a global vision. My God is a global God. I don't want to be limited to just a narrow little vision of God. We want a vision, and we want a global vision. Just get closer to God, and your vision will expand. Your, 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 the size of God will increase in your heart, and you'll see him bigger and bigger and bigger than ever before. Christianity boils down to two words, come and go. Come. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me all you who labor. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world. Let's not stop at come. Be blessed. Worship. Hear a message. Many people stop at come. The Bible says go. The final command is go. We want a church with plenty of go. <laughs> you want to be a Christian with plenty of go. So ask the person next to you, how much go is there in you? Come on, stir them up a bit. Awaken them. Keep them awake this morning. Go. <laughs> Here's a, here's a great quote I found from this guy, Mike Stutura. The mark of a great church is not its seating capacity, but its sending capacity. Come on, come on, Church Unlimited. We've got seating capacity. That's not the issue. The issue is our sending, our going capacity. We've got to be a going church. We've got to be a sending church. And that's what defines us. A great church. Sadly, we've defined great churches by the size of the, those seated in the aquarium. It's a poor measure of the greatness of a church, especially if they're all from the churches down the road. Greatness of the church is how much go is in there. How much go is in me. How much go is in you. And as I said, we can all do this. We can all do this. So we're all called to be missionaries. Why don't you think about this? If the major responsibility that God's given much of the human race is to raise children in a home, we pour massive time and resources into this, don't we? A lot of our energy, a lot of our emotion goes into it. If that is true, and that's how God's created the world, then I would suggest it follows that one of the most strategic ways in which the world will be one will be raising our children for Christ. It's where we put a lot of our time. It's where we put a lot of our energy. And I read this statement, raising our children to follow Christ is the primary method God uses to extend his kingdom on earth. Wow. If we can just keep our kids in Christ, the church will expand rapidly. You know, other, other races, other religions have this method. They just say, multiply, 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 and we will overcome the world. And search, we need to do the same as well as Christians. Multiply, multiply, in other words, keep our children in the faith. Now, if some of your children are away from God right now, that's okay, because I prophesy they're on the way back. Yeah. They're coming home. They are coming home. Raise up a child in the way that he should go, and he will not depart from her. He may depart from a while, but he will come back. 
All right, so there's no condemnation in this. And that's why tonight we're going to pray for all our children from age zero to about 11 years old. We're going to put our hands on them and we're going to, you know, impart to them the very life of God. And I encourage you, if you've got children with you online or in the house, wherever you are, um, we're going to do that here at West anyway. Other campuses you can find out another time to do that. But such an important thing to do. This is all a part of the Great Commission. You know, when you give to a faith promise, it's so we can employ staff to help look after your children and keep them in the ways of Jesus. So this, that's what you're giving towards. If you thought, well, why should I give anything? Hopefully that is a good reason for it. We've talked a lot about being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want more Holy Spirit in you, how many of you, by the way, would like a whole lot more Holy Spirit and a lot more power as well? That's great. We're out in the balcony. Anyone up there as well? Good on you. That's great. That's great. Well, let me tell you how. The key way, probably. Acts 1 verse 8, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, why? Why should the Holy Spirit come on you? <laughs> why should God fill you with the Holy Spirit? For a happy clappy? You know, just to feel good? No. You shall be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and outermost parts of the world. Friends, when you join with the mission heart of God, I'm telling you, you will feel the Holy Spirit in ways that you have not experienced before. You begin to feel His power. You begin to feel the touch of God. We've talked a lot about the Holy Spirit being your helper. Here's a suggestion. I wonder if one of the greatest prayers we could ever pray is, Holy Spirit, help me to point people to Jesus today. Hey, how about that? Imagine if you did that every day. Imagine if you got every morning when you got up and you, somewhere along your prayer, you said, Holy Spirit, today help me to point someone to Jesus. I can almost promise you that he will answer that prayer because that's his greatest passion. That's his greatest desire. That's why he left heaven and came to earth. That's why he died upon the cross to reach people for Jesus. If he's going to help you with anything, it's got to be help you to reach people for Jesus, surely. Does that make sense? So make it a daily prayer. Jesus, help me today with my personality, with my gifts, with my ability. It's not complicated. Read the story of this university professor. And he lost his wallet. He, him and his family, they prayed crazily for it, and they found it. And uh, he was telling one of his associate priest, uh, um, uh, professors, he said how he, how he found the wallet. And the other professor said, well, aren't, aren't you lucky that you found the wallet? Initially, the Christian professor wasn't, wasn't going to say anything. Then he said, well, decided to say, actually, it wasn't luck. We just asked God to help us find it. Yeah. That's all he said. How many of you reckon you could say something like that? That's all he said. The other professor went away, came back an hour later. He said, uh, do you really think God cares about things as small as that? The guy said, yeah. That's all he said. The professor came back a week later, asked another question. Came back a while later, asked another question. After about the fourth question, he was able to share his faith with this unsaved university professor. All he did, all he did, friends, it said it wasn't luck. How many of you could tell someone it wasn't luck? Could, it, who's got enough courage to do that? Well, half of you have. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is it's not complicated. I think what happens is we, we, we think we hear about evangelism, we think, oh, too hard, basket. I'm not an evangelist. Well, actually, you are. We're all evangelists. We've got God in us. We're evangelists in some shape or some form. So I'm trying to take it out of the too hard basket and make this doable 
because it actually is doable. God wouldn't make it the final command if it was too hard for us to do it. And so he will help us do it. So, you know, we've been saying that um, uh, the mighty currents, if you were recent messages, the mighty currents, <laughs> you might wonder why I've got four colored straws here. I couldn't get all the colors. Well, it's because it's all about color at the moment, isn't it? So I thought I'd bring all the colors here, <laughs> try and get as many colors as I could. Uh, but you know, what, the, what we're sharing is that the mighty currents of the Gulf Stream can flow through a straw if the straw aligns with the Gulf Stream. And so the mighty currents of God's power can flow through you when you align yourself with the will and the plan of God. And I would say the greatest alignment you could possibly make is to help point people to Jesus. When you align with the will of God, the almighty power of the Holy Spirit is going to flow through the straw. It's going to flow through your life. And you'll see God do things that you probably never dreamed possible that he would do through your life. And as you look at the story, you think, that's pretty pathetic. Well, guess what? I am pathetic. And so are you. But that's all God needs. It's all God needs. Flimsy little straw. Weak, lacking confident, fearful. You. That's all God needs. Align yourself with the mission heart of God and watch the mighty currents of the power of the Holy Spirit start to flow through your life in unprecedented ways. Remember, get up every morning, say, Holy Spirit, help me today to point someone to Jesus. How many of you reckon you can do that? Can we can start? Can't we just gotta make a start? You may skip a few days, that's okay. You may skip a week or a month. Hey, just go from where you are. Just take a step up, all right? So if you're on a scale of one to 10 on being reaching people for Christ, you're at scale one. Hey, try and move to one and a half. All right, then try and move to two. As you keep doing this, you'll develop your sharing Christ muscle, pointing people to Jesus muscle, making Christ, you'll develop that muscle, get stronger and stronger. And you know what will eventually happen? You'll be like the apostles. We can't help but speak the things that we have seen and heard. No one will be able to stop you. No one will be able to shut you up because you'll have discovered one of the most important things that you could possibly do with your life. All right. C.T. Studd was one of the greatest missionaries, one of my heroes. And he said this, let us not glide through this world, then slip quietly into heaven without having blown the trumpet loud and long for our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Let us see to it that the devil will hold a thanksgiving service in hell when he gets the news of our departure from the field of battle. Friends, this is my passion. When I depart from this, from this earth, from the battle for souls and for the nations of the world, I'm praying there'll be a massive celebration in the dark regions of the dam, and then they're gonna say, good job, that Tarkbana is no longer on the face of the earth, causing us havoc and problems and, and devastation and giving us migraines and reaching lost people for Jesus Christ. Let there be a massive celebration in the hordes of hell when you depart from this earth, and they're glad that you have gone. How sad will the devil be when you go? Or how glad will he be? I pray he'll throw a celebration the day you depart the earth because you have caused so much havoc, so much devastation to the powers of darkness. You have helped point so many people to Jesus. He's gonna say, oh, man, I'm glad you have gone. Come on, you can do this. You can do this. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You've got the greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. 
You can go out and cause havoc in the enemy's camp. You're not a wimp. You're armed and dangerous. You're a mighty warrior for Christ. God's power is resonant within you. Come on, let it out. Let it out. Start to do something. Let the explosive power of God emerge from the depths of your being. Friends, it's all in you. It's in you, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's in you, it's in the church. It's time the church released that power and caused great havoc to the enemy. You are a mighty warrior. I want you to tell the person next to you, you are a mighty warrior for God. <laughs> it's time for fearless faith. Heard about it last week, Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed. Everyone say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Not ashamed. <clears throat> Richard Wormbrandt was strictly forbidden. He was a prisoner to preach to other prisoners. If caught, they would be severely beaten. He said a number of them decided together they would pay the price for the privilege of preaching. <clears throat> he said it was a deal. We preached, they beat us. We were happy preaching, they were happy beating us, so everyone was happy. <laughs> Why do I share that? How much flack are you prepared to take? sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not, probably not going to get beaten with stripes. You know, some of us, I include myself, we collapse under the most minor rejection. Or someone gets a little bit annoyed with us, or they say, look, I don't want to hear that. And we, not much of a comparison to Richard, but anyway. <clears throat> or we think, they might stop following me on Facebook, Instagram. What a tragedy that would be. Oh my goodness. You'd probably not sleep for a month. I say let them go. Use your social media for the glory of God. You know, I have non-Christians following me, and I know who they are on my Facebook and my Instagram. And some of the stuff I put up, they like. And I think, gosh, this is amazing. And I reckon I'm slowly inching, I'm putting... I'm using it to point them towards Christ. You can do that. It's that easy. It's, it's not that, it's, that's not difficult to do. There's many different ways in which we can help reach people for Jesus. So what I suggest is this. Take a few knocks. Get used to it. Harden up. And then it'll get easier. Thank you for that overwhelming response on that point. I can feel you're very excited about that. All right, so these faith promises go towards a lot of different things, all right? So they're going to come up on the screen, and I'll read some of them to you. Uh, when you give to this, we're going to fill it out soon. Uh, food bank, breakfast in schools, this is all across Church Unlimited, all right, across all our campuses. The homeless, mainly music, youth and children's ministries, COVID-19 relief fund, overseas poor, Alpha, the Christmas walk through overseas missionaries. We give to Romania, Tuvalu, Cambodia, India, Africa, many other nations. CBM, Open Heaven, Bible Society, Children's Education Commission, New Zealand Beyond Running with Fire, Church Online, the list goes on and on and on. 
Look, when I was putting this message together, God gave me a scripture. And the scripture was this. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you'll find it after many days. Give a serving to seven and also to eight, which means do generous, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. When we give generously to God, he says, look, I will take care of you, despite whatever evil comes upon the earth. If there is another COVID-20 or COVID-21, whatever they're going to call it, I don't know what if there's a, there'll be another pestilence for sure. We know that. It's going to come. <clears throat> but when you give generously now, you have no fear of financial future. Because the promise of God is he will actually take care of us. We all love to claim the promise of Philippians 4, 19, don't we? My God shall supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. But do you know that promise was only given to those who gave to mission? You read that in verse um, 15. No, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So that promise, you, you can't go claiming that promise. I don't think my, my understanding of scripture, if you don't give to mission, it's, you know, people say, oh my God, shall supply all my need. And God said, well, what have you given to mission? How much did you put in your faith promise? Oh, sorry, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> God might say, well, I forgot about you. You can't claim the promises if you don't fulfill the conditions. Yeah, right. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. So, hey, you think about it, and, but God will take care of you. <laughs> I read this. We spend twice as much on feeding our pets than on missions and reaching the lost each year. Yeah. Wow. Well, feed your pets. I've got nothing against that. But why don't you give twice as much of that to mission and reverse the trend? We have the money. We do have the money to give to God. So Selwyn Hughes said, remember this, you can't serve God in money, but you can serve God with money. You can serve God with money. It's an easy way. You might think, oh, I can't do this mission stuff. I can't be an event. Da, da. You can give. It's you know, like the simplest form is, is just giving to God and being a part of reaching lost people with Jesus. As I wrap this up, Spurgeon said, in all my years of serving God, I've discovered a truth that has never failed. Listen to this. It is beyond the realms of possibilities to outgive God. Even if I give all my worth to him, He'll find a way to give back to me much more than I gave to him. Wow. Wow. You can give it all to Jesus, and you're going to get back a whole lot more. Give, and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running out. Okay, it may take a week, a month, a year, a few years before it all comes back, but eventually it will come back. You know, many of my contemporaries through university uh, pursued uh, very lucrative careers, you know, lawyers and doctors and that kind of thing. But, you know, financially, I'm probably doing as well as nearly all of them and better than some of them by following the pathway of pouring financially into the kingdom of God. You cannot ever, ever, ever outgive God. There was a man at the end of his day, he was... The crisis of his life. His wife left him. His two kids left him. He's in debt. And uh, he's rock bottom. Walking past the church one day, he hears this music. He says, I'll go in and check out the church. Sits at the back. Must have heard a preacher like me saying some, he said, saying crazy stuff like, you'll never outgive God. Whatever you give to him, he's going to give you back a whole lot more than you ever gave to him. And he sat there thinking, this is crazy. So he got out an envelope. Must have had this envelope there. And he thought, oh, well, 
I'm going to promise to give God a certain percentage of any money he gives me. He said, it was so easy. He said, I haven't got any money. <laughs> he probably put 20%. He said, give me something he got. Within two days, he had a job. He gave a certain percentage of God. A few weeks later, he got a pay rise. He gave that percentage to God, added a bit more into it. Then he got another job with higher pay. And he gave that, kept giving that percentage to God. It wasn't long before his wife came back. His two kids came back, because now he had money. <coughs> no, 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 that's not, that's not actually what happened. That's not what happened. Don't miss the point of the story, all right? Wife came back, two kids came back. He was out of debt, and he soon owned his own home and became a very prosperous man. You can never, ever, ever ever out give God be generous give to the work of God and watch your life transform if you want to be filled with more Holy Spirit as the musicians would come align the straw with the heart and the will of God which is reaching a lost world for Jesus and watch the power of the Spirit of God power of heaven flow through your life and do amazing things and help you point more and more people to Jesus. This is the final command. Amen.